It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships, sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. <clears throat> In keeping with the, the attitude I have of wanting to always keep my finger on the pulse of what's happening culturally in the area of sexuality. I would be remiss if I did not talk about the horrendous massacre that occurred last week in Toronto, Canada. And actually it's on a strip of a street that my twin sister used to work on, on uh, Young Street. It's one of the longest streets in the world. And it's um, what had happened is there was a 25-year-old individual by the name of Alec Manassin. And he took a rental van and drove at like 40, 50 miles an hour down the street and then went onto the sidewalk and hit all kinds. He was just hitting people everywhere. I mean, there were 10 dead, 11 dead, 15 injured. And, you know, at first people are kind of like, you know, what happened? Did this guy lose control of a vehicle or what was going on? And sadly, it turns out that Alec was identified as being an incel, I-N-C-E-L. And that is someone who identifies and bless social media. It's done a lot of really good things. But in this instance, I'm going to have to say it didn't. And he identifies with being that category, which means he is involuntarily celibate. And as the story sort of unwound, it turned out that he is someone who he very much admired was an individual by the name of Elliot Roger, who was the 21-year-old guy, 18, how, I think he's 18 or 19, Santa Barbara City College student who murdered six people. He stabbed three of his roommates. Then he killed two women who were walking outside of sorority. He shot them, and then he shot another man outside of a delicatessen. And his posting was that he was going to go kill as many Stacy and Chads as he could. 
this Elliot Roger also identified as being an incel. And their anger and rage for both of them at not being able to be in a relationship, and particularly for Manassan, for women rejecting his sexual approaches, and he's going to take it out on women. Well, let's be clear here from a cultural standpoint, men being totally pissed off that women control the access to sex, that has infuriated men, you know, since forever. And, but this guy now has, you know, Roger ended up committing suicide. Sadly, he was the son of like the assistant director of, I think it was Hunger Games. But Manassan did not, you know, he said, you know, shoot me, but he didn't have a gun and telling the police to do that. He didn't himself have a gun. But what he did do is rip apart 25 people's lives, those who were injured and those who were killed. And as my one friend said, you know, if someone is, because he wrote the same thing, I'm going to go, you know, take out some Stacy and Chad's. And they're angry at the women, but they're also angry at the men who have access to these women. And the week before the Santa Barbara event, Roger's own family sent the police to check on him and make sure he was okay. So his family knew he was a bit off. And they, you know, visited him and he was, you know, quiet and shy and polite and they left. And, but he had written, once they, um, <clears throat> once this had happened, sadly, they found his social media posts. And to me, this is a similar thing to close to what I talked about last week of the disparity between the number of marriageable age males and females in India and in China. There's a $70 million, $70 million difference in who's, you know, of the women that are available and the men. So there's 70 million men who are not likely going to find a wife, have a family, be productive in their society. And the impact, we see it already from in India, they finally have said, that's it. We, we are done with these guys who are attacking and gang raping women. They're, you know, it's now time to put the real screws in it and they will, pedophiles, you know, death sentence and, you know, the variables for the attack. And this for me is like, how can, there has to be a way in my mind that men are told and educated by their families, by their you know, the male role models or the female role models, that this is simply not acceptable. And I, I have discussions with men and I go, where did these guys come from? And they literally are like, they don't know. But there's obviously someone saying this is okay, or you will not. But the rape culture has also continued with date rape drugs at the universities. I have a friend whose daughter is at USC and she said it happens every weekend. 
Same thing, Pepperdine. And to me, that is such a sad statement that they have to get, you know, use a date rape drug to get a woman completely, and she has, there's no capacity for permission, there's no, there's no consent, and then, you know, gang rape, and, and what does this do to this woman for the rest of her life? A lot. So what I look at when I see these two guys, I know that there's something going on from a personality standpoint for both of these men, because both of them were okay looking, you know, they, they were, you know, attractive, you know, but what we know is that energetically people are not interested in someone who is, you know, has the anger, has the, you know, the you owe me attitude. And unfortunately, there's more of these men who are identifying this way. And to me, they are like the edgy, angry outliers from the pickup artists. And when I looked at, I, I mean, they still have pickup artist class. And I had a friend of mine describe that he, when he was a young man, he said, he said, I was young. I wasn't, you know, I didn't feel very confident about myself. And he said, and I was extremely horny. And he said, that's why I went and did the pickup artist class. And he said that it, you know, gave him some ideas of things. But I said, are they still doing these classes? He said, yeah, absolutely. So where we are is we have, we also have the issue of autism spectrum, spectrum, personality, you know, issues. And these two men obviously had that. And with Manassan, he, you know, Roger was his, you know, hero. He thought this guy was just great. And the thing that I would like to see happen is a, a group of men coming forward and saying, this is not okay. This is you behaving this way towards people, towards women, towards other men is simply not okay. How do we get, how do we get that to happen? I don't know, but I do know it can. And I know that when people have something that has become, you know, important for them or it's their, the new thing is that they've got here. The big thing that most people want, honestly, is they want attention, which I'm going to talk about in the next section because I just finished doing uh, an interview for a <clears throat> uh, series that is being put together. So I'm going to answer the questions that, you know, got sent to me. But the real thing people want is they want someone to want them for them, not because of only their looks, not because of only, you know, the size of their wallet. They want someone who wants them for them. And Manasseh was absolutely furious at women. This is the Toronto killer. He um, he's been charged with, you know, 10, 11 counts of murder. He is, was livid that women would not have anything to do with him. Well, as a woman, I can assure you, women pick up very quickly when someone's a bit off. That just screams for us. And the last thing you want to do is be around someone like that. And I will use as an example, there's a gentleman who was in 
part of the um, uh, area that I'm in, in sexuality here in, you know, in California. And he has absolutely no capacity to understand why people don't want to be around him. He just doesn't even, he doesn't know how to interact well. And I'm quite sure he is spectrum. Um, now, we're coming up to a break. When I come back, I'm going to answer the questions that I got, that got sent to me today from the group that's putting together the Sexuality Summit. Here come the tunes. I'll be back with the answers. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. about the man who had a fir tree growing in his lung? A 28-year-old male living in central Russia went to the hospital complaining of chest pain. And when doctors x-rayed his chest, they found what appeared to be a tumor in one of his lungs. However, upon closer inspection, they were amazed to find this tumor was actually a small fir tree complete with needles. The moxicle-faced surgeon said he couldn't believe what he was seeing. What's another word for a skeptic? A pyranist. The five-centimeter branch was removed from the patient and kept by the tree surgeon for further examination. Doctors suggest the man might have inhaled a small bud, which then started to grow inside his body. What's the word for the fear of trees? Dendrophobia. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. If you're working towards losing a few pounds, one sure way is to snack before you eat a meal. That may sound crazy, but if you eat an apple before you have lunch or cut up a cucumber or handful of fresh baby carrots, you will not be as hungry when it comes time to have your meal, so you will eat less. I cook dinner at home for my family almost every night. And one of my biggest temptations is nibbling while I am cooking. I am usually so hungry by that time, and I can eat almost a whole meal just by nibbling. I have made it a point to cut up fresh vegetables so I can nibble on them while I'm preparing dinner for everyone else. I encourage you to do the same thing and snack on fresh fruits and vegetables before you sit down to eat your meal. You will be amazed at how little you eat then. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello and welcome back. As always, if you have questions, you can send them to uh, Lou at Lou Paget or office at Lou Paget, or you can go to my loupaget.com website and post a question through there with a contact button. 
So before the break, I was talking about the incel uh, culture that has sprung into, sadly, notoriety. Uh, that is the involuntarily celibate young men who are furious about being denied access to sex. And, you know, if, if this is the world that they're in, hire someone who is a, you know, professional, you know, sex worker. Go and talk to someone. And if you are so distraught that you think that this, your life isn't worth living, don't take out other people. Just take yourself out. Okay? There's no need to create that much pain for everybody else when you know that, you know, you have no intention of cleaning up the mess you made. So, you know, lonely and unhappy. The guy who created a thing called PUA training, you know, which he did I, you know, 11 years ago, he started it because he was lonely and unhappy and he wanted to figure out, you know, how to, you know, meet women. Well, the one thing that pickup artists often do, they get their training and then where they do their lab work is they go into a bar and try and hit up drunk 21-year-old women. Not exactly a skill set here, dudes. So, anyways, enough on that. Let me go over here and find my pictures, pardon me, my questions that I got asked today. And here they are. And I'll give you the answers that I gave because they're, they're fairly comprehensive. And, you know, when I was speaking with Lauren, her name is Lauren Brim, B-R-I-M. And, <clears throat> you know, one of the things I'm well aware of is just because the information is out there does not mean it's accurate. To the contrary, chances are it's not. Because someone can represent themselves as being a sex coach or a sexologist or, and, you know, able to, you know, give information. But you have no idea what their credentialing is. You don't know what they've actually done. And unfortunately, and I, I said this, I said, you know, we don't know when people are looking for information. Because your first question to me was, you know, you literally wrote the books on how to be a great lover. So tell me, what do women and men need to know to become great lovers? And my answer to that is that, first off, you have to know where someone got their information. Did they get it from their equally ill-informed friends and peers? Did they get it from the, you know, uh, an adult film uh, posing itself as being educational? Did they you know, read a website where someone claims to be amazing, uh, but they're not? Did they get their information from a, as, you know, Lauren, she was raised in a very religious household, and she got all kinds of really screwed up messages about sexuality. And it's taken her a long time to undo it. So she's got, you know, she's trying to do things for other people because she said, I see that this is happening, you know, because most people do want to be a great lover. They do want to be able to please their partner. And th there's no question about that. Yet, as I say, our sexuality is a language. It's a communication. It, when you are being intimate with someone, when you are touching them, when, you know, if you are being sexual with them, however you define that, that is your body saying what words cannot. And that's a really powerful thing. 
So I also ask, you know, people have to, if they, they want to be a great lover, they have to know where they are in their lives. Are they, you know, a young family with little kids? Do they have teenagers? Are they stressed about their job? Do they have issues with a partner who might have cheated? Do they have a partner? Because many times, one of the reasons, particularly for older women, that they are being sexual is because they don't have a partner. They have, you know, they, um, they may have divorced or their partner may have died. And for some reason, women who are widows, they often will sort of have this attitude, oh, well, they're not going to be sexual. They're, um, they're, they sort of become asexual in the same way that people will often treat those who have a learning disability or a physical disability, like cerebral palsy, they will treat them like they're not, they, they are asexual. Couldn't be further from the truth. So when I talk about being a great lover, the real thing that people who describe themselves that way, they have an attitude and an intention to become a great lover. They also have an awareness that this is something you learn your entire life. I also share that when you're a beginner in something, whether it's a beginner in the attitude of I want to be a great lover or you're a beginner with a new partner, that really is, that's a lot of permission there. Because when you're a beginner, you're not expected to know. To the contrary, you can like make, and let's be honest, sexuality is messy. It's messy, it's sweaty, it's moist, it's got all of these other things. So it isn't that, you know, incredibly uh, orchestrated uh, makeout that you see in movies, which for some reason people think that that's what their sex life should look like. And, you know, if, if they do happen to have ever taken a video of themselves, you know, a sex video of themselves, they're going to find out in a quick, hot hurry. They don't look nearly as nifty as they think they do. But what I ask people is, what is your source of information? Have you changed what you wanted to learn? Have you, you know, I tell people, it is also about touch. You need to ensure you are touching. And you need to ensure, and not, you know, directly to erogenous zones, but shoulders, arms, backs, things that, because we, there's very few people who invariably, we are all, you know, that you have the permission to go in and touch them, kiss them, hold them. And, and we know that we have a huge increase in people not being able to connect. They don't have someone that, and which is why for, so for a lot of men, they will often go and have a, um, they'll have a massage. That's, that's their way of, and there's a reason why they call it therapeutic massage, right? And, you know, from what I know is that many men crave a sense of touch. We've made it illegal for men to, to touch. And yet, you know, there are some men, obviously, who are completely out of line. But for the majority of men, they're good guys. 
They are normal guys. Isn't it interesting when we talk about people, the only people that we typically have conversations about are the people who are misbehaving or behaving badly, right? Or anyways, that's a social media news is, you know, who's doing things badly. So when people are, I tell them about touch, I tell them about kissing the way they want to be kissed because that is a big one. Many people, most women, <clears throat> what the thing that gets their motor running is being kissed. And that is something where you can kiss someone, kiss the way you want to be kissed. Stop, look at them, tell them how much you like kissing them, kiss them again, and then say, you know, will you, will you show me what it feels like to be kissed by me? That way you are showing them the best ways that you enjoy being kissed. You can also, you know, push and say, ooh, a little softer. One word is heard as direction. A sentence is often heard as criticism. But when you are, the thing about great lovers is they are very conscious with their intention and their attention. There are more affairs that get started because someone's paying attention to someone. That's the way it is. And it, a lot of affairs are, do not get started just because of sex. There's because someone's paying attention, which is also one of the reasons why many times the person who someone's having the affair with is someone who's who they work with. What better than, you know, the person who you have easy access to. But so when, when Lauren was asking me this, I said that lovers are a great lover is someone who wants to create this connection and the pleasure with their partner, but they may not have the confidence. They may not have new techniques. They may not have new ideas to try because they had limited sexual experience or they were, you know, something told them they weren't supposed to know about this, which is sadly a message that often women are given. And, you know, but if we're born of sexuality, why can't we know about it in a respectful and accurate way? That's always been, you know, that's been my thing. I think that, and I, and I said to Lauren, I said, I never speak about myself because when you talk about yourself in the area of sexuality, then people think that they're thinking of you doing it. And that's not what I want. I want them to see the ideas that other people had. And I call it the buffet of ideas. And for me, that's the best part. So here we're coming up to our second break here. And when I come back, I will be answering more of these, these questions that got fired at me today. And I figured it would be fun to share them with you because they're the questions that she's going to be putting into a summit. And you can get it here from me right now. Here come the tunes. I'll be right back with more answers. This is Sex Talk. 
Talk with Lou on TogiNet. With your host, Lou Paget. techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Skunks are making the news again. Seems everyone has a skunk story. A friend of mine was dozing on the couch on her patio when she felt something furry brush up against her hand. She thought it was her cat until she smelled a terrible odor. I was petting a skunk, she told me. What's a word for shocked? Timey-wimey. In Colorado, a wildlife officer was called to help a skunk whose head was stuck in a peanut butter jar. After tugging for 10 minutes, they finally freed the critter and it ran away without spraying anyone. Guess that was a fair trade, otherwise known as quitter for quarter. In Minnesota, it's illegal to tease a skunk. What's the word for teasing a skunk? Tan-tan tanning, wart wardling, and downright foolish. It's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. Dinner is typically the largest meal of the day, and Harvard Medical School recommends to take that opportunity to make sure you meet your daily quota of five servings of fruit and vegetables. Roasting vegetables is not only easy, it's also a delicious way to serve them. You can roast any vegetable from zucchini, peppers, eggplant, mushrooms, onions, to carrots, cauliflower, and broccoli. To roast them, cut the vegetables up and place on a cookie sheet lined with foil. Drizzle a little olive oil over them and sprinkle with pepper. Cook them at 375 degrees for 25 minutes. Savor roasted vegetables as a side dish or toss them in a salad or pasta. When you pile on the produce for dinner, there is less room for unhealthy food. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our Facebook fan page at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. And um, as I've said before, if you have any questions, you can just go straight to my website, loupaget.com, and do a contact and put the question in the middle. Um, next week, I'm going to be at UCLA doing my presentation for the marriage family therapists and the um, psychiatry residents, the MD residents. <clears throat> and so today I was contacting some of my uh, suppliers to get product in because I am the one, I've got a lot of stuff that I end up giving out as a, um, as toys for people so that when they have them in their office, they can talk to people about them. They have a greater ease with them because it's not their toys. And they're the things that I know people really look forward to having in, um, and being able to talk about in a confident and, you know, eased fashion. I'm trying to get some product from 
It's called uh, The Perfect Fit. And this is uh, Buck Angel. Company Buck Angel is a <clears throat> trans man who has maintained his vagina and does does porn films. And he said he was in a film, I think it was called The Trans Film. And I heard him being interviewed. And he's he's just a really, he's a nice guy. And he said, you know, as soon as I started taking testosterone, he said, I could not believe the difference in my brain, in my body, in everything. And he says, there really aren't toys that have been designed for the trans world. So I have some of his, hopefully I will be able to um, share those with the UCLA class as well. So back to the questions from the Sexuality Summit. And <clears throat> her, you know, uh, and I'll bounce around with some of these, but the next question was, many women never experience pleasure with sex, much less an orgasm. What do women need to do to become orgasmic and experience pleasure with sex? Well, the first answer on top of that is the majority of women do not orgasm during intercourse. They orgasm when in partner play with manual or oral stimulation. And the reason for that is very straightforward. Those are the behaviors that maintain the constant pressure, the warmth, and the moisture that women need in order to have the buildup. Because as soon as someone gets to, you know, kind of like the right place, it's about having, maintaining the sensation, which often, you know, if the person's on top, that's the one who controls the, all of the, the motion. This is not, you know, the woman, if she's, you know, underneath, it is not going to be the easiest way for her to orgasm. It may, depending on her partner and, you know, the shape and the construction of their own genitals. But generally speaking, it's a small percentage of women who orgasm during sex. But here's the question I would ask. Have they had orgasms before? And, you know, the disconnect on the pleasure about sex, particularly when we're talking about heteronormative sex, for men, they say that there's three things that absolutely make for entering a woman during, uh, you know, for when they're having sex with a woman. It's a combination of heat, pressure, and moisture. And so that sensation for them is like, wow, off the charts. But it is decidedly not the same thing for women. And often what people think is they think, well, if this feels so amazing for me, it must feel amazing for her. Couldn't be further from the truth. And what women need is, you know, yes, it feels, you know, it's pleasurable to feel being entered. It's, but it's a different, the thrusting motion isn't typically the motion that works for women. Now, if the woman's on top, she's controlling the motion. And, you know, likely she is going to have more direct contact with the clitoral area, with the, the base of the shaft. Or there can be a little vibe that's there. So I will ask people if, you know, they, the big thing they need to do is educate themselves about their own bodies. And 
what is pleasurable for them. Are they masturbating? Are they using vibes? Are they using a vibe that's too strong and too intense and they're putting it straight on the clitoris and it's just like, at which point it's too much too quickly and it starts to hurt. And once it starts to hurt, you can, you literally cannot cross back to that line. It's a very thin line between what feels good and what doesn't. So when I ask people, I want to know, be honest with yourself about how much you know about your own body. Are you using a vibrator? Are you using your hand? Again, are you using water? Take your time. That is, we get the message that everything about sex is supposed to be fast. No, the majority of buildup about sex is between your ears and it starts long before you've gotten into a, you know, into a, a sexual situation. The other thing, another message that we are given is that women, think about this for one moment. Women are having their sexual function and their orgasmic abilities put into the construct of male sexual function. They're not the same thing at all. So men thinking that, you know, speed up and do this and for sure she's going to come. No. What they also need to know is that for majority of women, they don't really, they don't have this thing about, oh, I'm going to jump your bones, you know, right now. They're given that message that they're supposed to do that. But that's not how a good percentage of women's brains work or their bodies work. They are, when they get engaged sexually, then they, that is when the libido starts to build. That is when the desire cycle starts to build. And if something doesn't feel good or is ouch, why do you think, you know, why do you think, you know, women would want to go back and do it again? It's kind of like, yeah, well, this wasn't very enjoyable for me. And I remember listening to Dr. Debbie Herbenek, who is at um, Indiana State, I believe it was Indiana State, and where um, she was doing research, she had some, they were redoing some of the questions from the Kinsey Institute, and they had also done a huge online survey, which they looked at, you know, how, were, how people were having sex, what age, how often, etc., And then they started to redo some of the material they got. And it came out that she realized that it's like something like 35% of women said that they had pain with their last um, experience of intercourse. And she was like this, how is that possible? When you have a third of the women having pain as a result of it. Well, there's a couple of reasons for that. One, did, you know, is the person perimenopausal, menopausal, and has had a thinning of the, the uh, tissue in the vagina, and there's not as much tissue to cushion, nor is there as much um, uh, lubricating capacity because of the drop of estrogen? Is it that they are on an antihistamine and they're dry? Is it that the partner entered them before they were ready? Do they have 
something that, you know, they are in, you know, they have a, a dyspareunia, painful intercourse. Do they have something else? There's a number of reasons that this could be happening, but that most assuredly needs to get addressed. And <clears throat> one big thing, and I, Lauren completely agreed because she had been raised in a very religious household, is we need to undo the religion's messages that are given to women. Majority of religions, their biggest thing that they try to do is to control female sexuality. Why? Very plain and simple. They are women control the access to sex and love and also the ability to create life. Well, if there's something uh, you know a little more powerful than that, sign me up because I'd like to know. But I have to tell you, the majority of religions, and they know it, they know they have done a really poor job on this. And Lauren was sharing with me that in Zimbabwe, pre-wedding parties um, for the bride, they will have like a breakfast or something, and the women will all come and show the bride what they do that is very enjoyable for them, for her pleasure, so she can get an idea, like a buffet of ideas, and then what they do with a, their partners, with their husbands. And then that way, she actually knows, because when you look at the majority of things that are out there, I think we all know, a good percentage of things on the internet, it's like the Wild West. You don't know what you're getting. Even if someone says, I am an MD and I'm this, I had one where it was just, this guy was talking about, you can't have any um, lectins. And he was going to say, you can't do this and you can't eat that and you can't do this and you can't. And I was like, this doesn't sound right. And finally, on a couple of the other uh, courses that I'm taking online, there were two different people who went like this. This guy is full of it. So we're coming up to our next break. And I'm going to continue with, you know, why some women never experience pleasure with sex and what the solutions are, because that's what people want. So they've had this situation occurring. We want to have the other one. And how can they become orgasmic? And how can they experience pleasure? And we'll talk about that when we come back from the break. Here come the tunes. I'll be back after this. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Residents of Alligator Point, Florida, discovered a 400-pound Gabberlunzi bear raiding their garbage. They called the local wildlife authorities. 
the officers came out and shot the bear with a tranquilizer dart in order to move him. Unexpectedly, the frightened bear swam out into the water where it started to drown as the tranquilizer began taking effect. Adam Warwick, an officer from the Wildlife Commission, jumped into action, swimming towards a juggernaut bear, while the other officers tried to figure out how to rescue both of them. Adam was somehow able to grab the bear and paddle 25 yards to the shore, saving the bear's life. The bear was then loaded on a truck and transported back to its home in the forest. What's the word for a last-minute attempt to get something done? A charrette. Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. Late afternoon snacking can really be a challenge. Vending machines seem to be everywhere, whether you are in an office building, hospital, or school. While most vending machine snacks are not low calorie, there are a few smart picks. Weight Watchers recommends choosing an energy bar, a cereal bar, or a trail mix that does not include candy. Avoid peanut butter cups, frosted pastries, cookies, and chips. Sometimes all it takes is a diet soda to curb that late afternoon hunger. While diet soda is not a healthy choice, it keeps calories low and fills you up until you can get some wholesome food. The best course of action is to plan for those energy dips and long hours by bringing in fresh fruit, low-fat cheese, and yogurt. Avoiding vending machines is also a good idea. Be sure to plan ahead. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Um, before the break, I was talking about answering that, you know, some women who never experience pleasure, much less orgasms, with sex, and what can women do about it? Well, to me, when I, you know, and how to become orgasmic, again, it is about knowing your body and being able to share that. And if that means having your partner have a, you know, hold a vibrator while you cup their hand so there's enough sensation for you. Many times for women, the reason that they're not being orgasmic is they're not being stimulated the way that they need to. So that goes back to step one of the recipe of how to create an orgasm is knowing what your body likes and needs. Then the other thing that is, you know, this this goes to is have you tried a range of different things because thinking that you're only going to have pleasure from one position or from one technique couldn't be further from the truth. So you need to know, you, you may have, it's kind of like comfort food. You may have one particular thing that you use, one particular vibe that is like your absolute favoritist and, but you couldn't use it during intercourse. Well, there are a number of, um, partnered toys that one can use. But again, it really depends on the person, their anatomy, and their partner's anatomy. Some people, eh, it's not going to work all that well. And 
you know, the intensity of an orgasm with your hand or a vibrator is often more than could be accomplished from a, you know, from uh, with a partner. Also, as women get older, estrogen drops and they don't have, you know, as intense an orgasm. And I remember my one, a friend of mine said, she said, I am not going to do all of that work for this. She said it was like there was nothing. <laughs> and I was like, that, and I said, that little sensation, she goes, it, there was nothing. And I get it, you know, work and work, and then it's like, nothing. Same reason why if something hurts, women aren't going to do it. But, so for me, I would tell them, get to know your body, try, you know, um, a toy, ask a friend what they would use, make sure that you are not going to be interrupted, and do what you can to undo the messages that tell you, particularly if they're a judgmental religious message. And women get all, women get talk, microaggression behaviors every day about what they look like, about what their, their sexuality, about how appealing they are. And if someone isn't feeling confident, this stuff can be pretty, I mean, it's pretty tough. It's pretty erosive. So I ask people to be kind to themselves. And remember, you're a beginner. Beginners aren't supposed to know. Beginners get to learn. And that's a powerful thing. You don't have to know everything. You can just, you can learn from yourself. Be careful about things on websites. They may not necessarily be the best place. There are many, uh, the adult industry is trying to find ways to make themselves be sex education because that's where many people will go. But this is someone, the majority of these films are scripted, the people are acting, and it isn't about them having pleasure. And I had one woman who was on my, uh, in one of my seminars, and she was one of the top new stars in the adult industry. And she said, you know, what, what Lou just shared with you about, you know, you have to be able to feel like you're in control of the oral sex. Otherwise, you're not going to enjoy yourself. And her comment was, here, she, she had just won um, a major award, and she said, I'm on my knees in front of this guy. He's not connected the least bit with me. He is ramming into my, my mouth and my throat. I can't stop. I'm gagging because I can't stop because the film's running. And she said, that's the message that you are being given. And she said, it's not accurate. And I was like, wow, I could not have paid for that type of testimonial. It was perfect. So when you are looking at films, make sure you're looking at something that's been developed by someone to give you information, not just something that tells you you're supposed to look like this. Um, <clears throat> and the pleasure connected with it can be something that that's the emotional narrative connected to the physical. And if you are angry at someone or you don't like someone, chances are there's not going to be a lot of pleasure. It's just not of interest to you. And when your body is shut down, it's not going to respond, period. So here's question number three. There are a lot of mixed messages about sex during pregnancy and after giving birth. What is the truth about sex during pregnancy and after you have a baby? The reason she asked this is because my fifth book is called Hot Mamas. And in Hot Mamas, the reason I wrote it 
is, first off, every single person around me was pregnant. I mean, I kid you not. And there were like six babies being born like within you know, span of you know, a couple of months. And I realized that there wasn't a lot of information, but also that many times people were not being as upfront about why they were wanting to be a parent. So they would tell someone, oh, I want to, I want to be a partner. I want to get married. When what they really want is to be a parent, to be a mother or a father. And this is not, you know, it isn't just, you know, women who are doing this. It's men as well. And the big thing that I say is, listen, if you want to have a family and you are very family oriented, find someone else who is. So it doesn't matter if you're, you know, straight, gay, bi, in between, whatever. Find, you know, Make sure you are clear about why you are in that relationship and why you are having a child. If your thing is to have a child, well, if you're in the position to do so, have a child by yourself. That way you are, you know, that is your intention. You are doing something. You're not involving anybody else in this. And you're making sure that, you know, you have what you want. So the mixed messages about sex during pregnancy and after giving birth, are kind of, if we go back and look a little bit into history, what do you think some of the number one things that people were saying at that point? They were saying, as soon as you become a mother, ooh, ooh better not, better, mm, mm, mm. mothers aren't sexual, mothers are mothers. And, you know, that went through until, you know, the 50s and 60s, where women were being told as soon as they went through menopause, well, guess you're not sexual anymore. That's not true. Some of these women were being sexual, you know, until the day they died. So if you have a healthy pregnancy, you have no, you know, um, issues, you have a patent cervix, your cervix is fine, you can have sex throughout your entire pregnancy. And having an orgasm or the prostaglandins that are in semen initiate, initiate labor, it's not going to happen unless you are ready to go into labor, period. And uh, Dr. Jules Black, who helped me with Hot Mamas, he's an OBGYN now retired in um, Australia, he said, liken it to a piece of fruit. And the piece of fruit um, on a tree, an apple on a tree, it's hanging on there. It's on, it's, it, no wind is going to blow it off. No animal's going to brush it off. No, you know, the storm, the this, the that. But when it is ripe and ready to fall off, that's the same thing for pregnancy. When it is ripe, when the cervix is ripe and ready to efface, then it can be something that, you know, could initiate it. I mean, Lauren was sharing that a really intense, deep kiss was the thing that initiated hers. It wasn't sex. a very erotic kiss. So, you know, and as long as you are have an okay pregnancy, there's no reason to not have sex or to be intimate. 40% of women have a massive increase in their libido during pregnancy. For other women, not the case. But again, it's unique to each woman. And <clears throat> um, the final question she asked is, as a very accomplished sex researcher and educator of tens of thousands of men and women, what do you think the general public would benefit to know about sexuality in general? Probably the first thing is, is that you're learning about it throughout your entire life. That it varies. and so I did had a woman at an event and she said her husband was very upset 
because she, you know, it was painful for her to have intercourse and then he lost his erection. And, you know, after age 40, 50, men's erections get iffy. They, you know, they may or may not, you know, maintain themselves. But again, that's part of something that knowing that that's that, they don't, it isn't about, you know, you don't desire me or, because for most men, to lose your erection, that's like one of the worst things that can happen. But the thing is that there's lots of information out there. Just make sure you find someone who knows what they're talking about. You have, you have to be, it's sort of like caveat emptor, buyer beware. You have to know who you're listening to. I have a colleague of mine, Dr. Lori Batito, in Montreal, and she has put together a uh, group of sexuality experts to write for a particular site. And she said, I will not accept anyone who cannot verify that they have had training and they know what they're talking about. Because if they don't, she said, why would I, why would I put them there? That this is, you know, I want people to get the right information. The information is there. I mean, my five books are very helpful. There are a number of other people who have done some really good information, but it depends on which area you want. If it's tip techniques and ideas, I'm like the go-to person, which is why I do the UCLA class, and that's my specialty. But the real thing is that sexuality is one of the most natural parts of you. You should be able to know about it in a calm and in a respectful way. So we're coming up to our final break here for our to end the show. So thank you very much for being with me. And thank you, Roy. I will be back next week. And hopefully none of you run into any incels. And if you do, be kind with them. I think that this is something that needs to be addressed because the anger for these young men, I mean, the sadness, underneath most sadness, anger is tremendous sadness. Thank you for being with me. Have a wonderful rest of the week. Bye for now. for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou 